We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. This episode is brought to you by Yellow Letter HQ. Head over to bit.ly slash yellow letter HD for fast, affordable, direct to seller marketing. Tired of real estate marketing campaigns that don't get results? Yellow Letter HQ is one of the most competitive direct mail campaigns that can save your budget and your sanity. They deliver a fast campaign turnaround that gets your phone ringing. Check out their services at bit.ly slash yellow letter HD. Well, we got Cody Hoffine on the call. And Cody, uh, this is kind of a thrill for me. I've known you for quite a while now through uh, some of your training material and your podcast. Um, but I want to just kick it off to you first, let you introduce yourself to those who may possibly not know who you are. But I, I actually don't believe that. But. <laughs> oh, there's plenty that don't know who I am. Um, I'm excited to be here first and foremost, Jack. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, a little bit about myself. If we go back a little bit, like I say, like 10 years, it was, a, it was a beginning of the entrepreneur world and it was a struggle. It was a challenge. Fast forward maybe to 2015 and it still continued to be a struggle challenge. I was doing insurance, selling uh, like home and auto insurance. And uh, so for those that are like listening to this and it's like, man, can I even get into real estate? Like I'm struggling. I want you to know first and foremost, yes, I was struggling. I was living worse than paycheck to paycheck. Um, and before I even got in real estate. So I want people to know up front, I'm just a human being, put my pants on one leg at a time, but ultimately I am the founder of what's now called the Real Estate Freedom Formula. Um, I'm a host on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And essentially I coach students nationwide on the unique little strategy that's not so unique. Everyone knows it. It's uh, wholesaling. So I just lead and guide people step-by-step to their first deal so they can just get involved in wholesaling. And a lot of people choose wholesaling because it takes very little money. You don't have to be a realtor. Um, you don't have to be an expert. And that's, a, that's kind of in a nutshell. I don't know how far and deep you want me to go or if this no, will expand no, that, throughout the conversation, but there you go. No, that's a, that's a great start. I mean, um, I've been wanting to tackle the conversation of wholesaling on a deeper level. And, and you, I mean, perfect. you're the perfect guest for that. Um, because I get a lot of people asking about wholesaling because uh, like you said, that's where people want to start. That's like yeah. they're the holy grail when, it, when they're getting into real estate investing. Let's start at the very beginning. Like what would you, what would you recommend people do if they're interested in wholesaling? What's like one of the first steps they should make? So let's kind of break it down, I guess, even, even more granular mm-hmm. than that. Wholesaling in general, guys, to just make this so simple that even like if you heard your 10-year-old listen to us, that he would understand or she would understand what it is. So wholesaling is just the art being a deal finder. So think of just being able to go out and find deals. So wholesaling is just finding deeply discounted properties. And a lot of people choose to just sell those contracts when you put a home under contract. They use to they, a lot of people just use to just, or just sell that contract for a fee. That's your wholesale fee. Uh, but there's, you can exit any way you want. Some people love knowing how to be a deal finder to find deeply discounted properties because they want to buy rentals for themselves or they mm-hmm. want to fix and flip their next property. But 
ultimately the strategy I use and a lot of people go for is just learning how to find the deal. They're usually off market over, I mean, pretty dang close to 100% of them are always off market. You're going direct to the seller and you're ultimately looking for some type of motivation or a distress situation, whether that's attached to the house or whether that's attached to the seller. So maybe it's a home that's been abandoned. Maybe it's a home that's had deferred maintenance and it needs a lot of repairs, a lot of fix up. Uh, maybe it's a situation with the seller that they're going through divorce or maybe they're behind on their taxes or maybe they have to move in two weeks and a traditional sell with a realtor doesn't work. And so ultimately what I'm able to do is have my team now. Um, but what I was doing when I, from the get go is I'd go out and meet with these individuals. I know how to find those individuals, find these distressed pop properties where I can then just go out there and see if I can solve problems. Ultimately, we're just problem solvers. A lot of this has nothing to do with real estate. And that sounds crazy because it's like, no, it's wholesaling real estate. But what's crazy is if you think about real estate and you make it about real estate, it's very hard to do. But if you can make it about just genuinely solving people's problems, the byproduct is you can get their property at a discount because you're able to add speed and convenience and they're willing to give their price down or give you your price for lieu of speed and convenience, solving their problems. Sure. So, uh, what would you say they should people should be doing then regarding just marketing and trying to find those those opportunities? I think that's also another thing, like a point of entry yeah. that people kind of struggle with. It is. It is, and I think it's because most people will do it a little bit backwards. So, it's having the end in mind. And I, I think about this in any way. So we, I know I looked through a bunch of your podcasts and a lot of them, I love the fact that it's talking about mindset. So we think about the end in mind. Think of, 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 let's talk about even a Disney movie that's a classic. Let's talk about Alice in Wonderland. She gets to a fork in the road and she's like, um, I don't know where to go. And this cat, the Cheshire cat pops up and says, she's like, hey, where should I go? And he's like, well, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, then it doesn't matter which road you take, right? most people run their business or their life that way. They just kind of go through life, but they don't really have the destination mapped out. Well, if you don't know the destination, how do you begin to map out this road to get there? And so with wholesaling, mm -hmm. you got to already start with your end in mind. And that is, if you don't have much money, you don't plan on taking these homes down yourself to keep as a rental or take them down yourself so that you can do a fix and flip, but that your end game is to simply assign the contract or sell the contract to a cash buyer well then start there. Start building that cash buyers list. Make sure you have that all covered so that when you go out, because the, the easy work is the end game. It's, it's just those cash buyers. The hard work is finding those deals. That's what's the art. That's, what's, mm -hmm. that's what everyone is like, man, I'm willing to pay you top dollar if you can come across a deeply discounted property. So find the cash buyers, build cash buyers list. And I'd say, if you're going to get started, start with about 150 cash buyers get them on your list. You can find them at real estate investor associations. You can find them through uh, Craigslist. You can find them by just getting on Craigslist and finding people that are like renting out their homes and see if they want to add homes to their portfolio. You can get it through Facebook groups by saying, Hey, is there any cash buyers in whatever state city you're in? You'll see people be like, yes, yes, yes. Add them to your list. That's where you start. And then ultimately it's going to start leading to that next question, which would be marketing. Now that you have your cash buyers in place, what do I need to do so I can start bringing in leads? How do I start finding these deeply discounted properties? But does that already give you like your audience and you like a, a, a great understanding or is there anything I could break down more for you? No, no, that that's like perfect. I mean, we've, 
We've had uh, people ask us, like, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, trainers, you know, when it comes to the real estate market, talk about you get the deal under contract and the buyers will come. If and you build it, they will come. You build it, they will come. And I hear that time and time again, but I couldn't agree with you more. It is so much more important to establish a buyer's list first because um, you have a very limited amount of time sure. to do something with that contract. And if you don't have some buyers lined up and, and, and readily available, um, you might burn up any time you have with that property under contract to do something with it. You, you, there's you have there's to get two that big reasons list. behind it too, Jack, that I think is interesting is now working with thousands of students nationwide, whenever I hear someone say, ah, oh, man, I had to cancel a contract. A, I just feel bad for them, but I'm like, ah, oh, like you're right there. And I'm like, what, what happened? What, well, none of my cash buyers wanted it. And I'm like, okay, so did you put under contract at a high price? Sometimes that's the scenario. Mm-hmm. But most times it's like, I'm like, how many cash buyers do you have on your list? And they're like, well, I had two. And I'm like, oh, what happens is, you start to think, oh man, I didn't do it right. I didn't put it under contract. And now it makes you kind of hesitant. It makes you like not want to take action again the next day because you're like, well, I did something wrong and I don't want to do that again. I mean, now this, this cash buyer, this, this seller's mad at me because I'm not going to be able to close on the property. And it starts to like work on your mindset and starts to like weaken you and start to make you fear and start to make you mm-hmm. question, is this right for me? So that's, the, that's one of the big things is, when you do that, you set yourself up for those, those like mindset depreciation going on, right? Well, right. had they had a ton of cash buyers, it's not to say that they didn't have a deal. I've talked to many of them that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a deal. You just simply didn't have buyers, but they, can- they had to cancel. And so it's not that, it's like you say, it's not like if you build it, they will come. Could that happen? Yes. But the, the other bad scenario to that is if only one cash buyer wants it, that cash buyer get a, is going to get it at their price. And really, instead of making $10,000, maybe you're only going to make $1,000 because you only had one cash buyer and he's going to find out he's the only cash buyer interested. And so he's going to be like, well, I'm going to offer you this price. Mm-hmm. And you just have to take it. And so we call that becoming a cash buyer's employee. Um, you want to be able to, if you're going to spend the hard time finding the deal, hopefully you're going to try and maximize how much profit you can make on this. And a lot of that has to do with how many cash buyers are on your list. Right. So you, you mentioned like getting to your real estate meetup um, and, and, you know, even doing some advertising on, on Craigslist or whatever to try to build up that cash buyers list. Yeah. Have you gone as far as doing like a marketing campaign, like buying a list? Um, and- yes. If you, if so, let's say your budget allows it. You can just simply go to a company called like ListSource. There's a bunch of different list companies out there. Mm-hmm. But essentially what you would do is you would go look up individuals in your zip codes, your areas that have full equity, like 100% equity. Those are your cash buyers. Now, not every one of those cash buyers are a fix and flipper. But if you can just go into like example, ListSource.com, you'd be like, okay, Here's your county, type in your city, and you start putting in these filters. And the main thing, the criteria that's going to separate a cash buyer from just a normal person living in a home is they bought it in the last six months and they bought it free and clear, meaning they, there's no mortgage in place. Mm-hmm. Those are a good list to know that that's a cash buyer. We used to mail to them 
and wait for them to respond. Basically saying, Hey, we noticed you bought a home free and clear. Do you want to be added and, and know about future deals that we're coming across in that same area? Now what we do is we just simply skip trace that list and we just call them directly and just say, Hey, we noticed you purchased a home in one, two, three main street. And we come across discounted properties at like 40, 50 cents on the dollar. Would you like to know about the next deal we come across? Mm-hmm. And a good chunk of them are like, uh, yes, let me know about your next one. Cause they typically are buying them probably from either other wholesalers or they're buying them from like an auction and they're paying too much or they're buying them off the MLS and it's too high. So when they hear this 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar, they're like, yes, let me know about it. Yeah. So for those who may not know, you know, skip tracing is a service that will allow us to, you take that list, you send it and, and, uh, they look up the person's phone number and sometimes even their email address. We even see some now will provide like social media content. Um, so, um, I know that there are some real estate investors who are even using social media and, and Facebook Messenger and stuff to chat with some of these people. I haven't gone that far, but uh, the skip tracing service to get a phone number can be pretty useful. It can be simple and easy, right? But what's funny about what you just said is I just did a podcast, uh, podcast episode and the student, I was saying, how did you find this lead? He's like, well, I didn't have money to skip trace. So I, w- I went on Facebook and I found him and I messaged him and it ended up leading to like a $40,000 deal. And I was like, what? Like, good job, man. He didn't give up. So if you can't afford doing the skip trace, don't let that stop you. You yeah. still got to move forward. You just got to get more creative. And, and that's an excellent way. Yeah. No, you know, one of the things that I've, I've learned to do, and, and it's part of my, what I, my process is that instead of skip tracing, like especially individual numbers, because yep. frankly, some of the people that we find are, are an older population, they still have landline phones. Yeah. So I'll search, I'll check the white pages first. Uh, oh, you know. super smart. Super smart. I, I don't even know where I'd find that book now. <laughs> <laughs> That's online too. So, <laughs> but I found quite a few people that way. Just check the white pages and, and, and then give them a call and usually Brilliant. just say, Hey, you know, I'm calling and I know this is completely out of the blue, but are you, are you thinking about selling a house? Completely brilliant. I love it. I love it. So, you know, let's say you do skip trace. What, what type of language, what, you know, people sometimes get a little locked up analysis paralysis regarding like what they should say, you know, uh, you, you kind of give kind of a hint as to possibly, you know, uh, regarding the type of deals that you're, you're finding, but is there just some quick, something quick that can be said to kind of hook them? The best thing is to not overthink it. So I don't think there's any perfect verbiage. Um, Yes. Let me get to the verbiage here in two seconds. The main thing that I also would hit on this, Jack, is gosh, we overthink things so many times. And when you haven't done it before, you start to pan out this like, what if, what if they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Or what if, what if someone tells me like, don't ever call me again. And here's what I want to tell to everyone listening to this. Over 90% of the time, these what ifs never even happen. They never Mm -hmm. even come to pass. And so just get out there and be willing to fail your way forward and do what I call massive imperfect action. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about having a perfect script or a perfect line, but just keep it simple. How would you talk if it was your dad or your mom and you said, dad, hey, I noticed you bought four homes last year and now I'm coming across some discounted properties. Do you want to know about my next deal, dad? I mean, just keep it simple like that. It should be as simple as, 
Hey, Jack, notice you bought a home at 123 Main Street. My name's Cody. I come across discounted properties and they're usually like 50% off and they're usually in that same area that you bought that home. Is this something you'd be interested in if I come across these to let you know about? I mean, that's, that's it. it. You don't have to overthink it. You don't, and that's not even perfect. And sometimes you'll start getting in this little trend where you'll say something and it changes and you're like, ooh, I like that one better. And you mm-hmm. just start using that over and over. And then you say right. something, you're like, ooh, I like that one even better. But it's just simple. Hey, I just wanted to call you real quick because I find homes in that same area at a very big discount, usually like 40, 50 cents on the dollar. Would you like to know more about those deals when I come across them? And yeah. they're, yep, I would. Perfect. All I'd need is just a email address and a phone number. And then you just add them to your list. Because I usually blast out my deals through MailChimp or through a text blast so that it goes to everyone at the same time, but not like BCC or CC. It's like it's done in a, in a way that no one knows they're on a thread so that it's very professional. So not everyone's contact is being seen by everyone else. Right. No, I really like that you, you've driven that home for as long as I've listened to you is that imperfect action. And act, actually, I've actually found that people typically respond to something a little better if it doesn't sound scripted. So and, true. You know, you get into this routine and you say the same thing over and over again. It kind of does stop, start to sound that way. Think if your podcast sounded perfect and you're like, oh, sorry, I said that wrong. We're going to re-record that. People would be like, man, this sounds too perfect. Like, it sound, like our best performing marketing is actually when we fumble through our words and catch ourselves. So that's, that's what's interesting is people want to see real time. They want to see that it's real. Some of the most performing, highest performing, even for whether it's you're selling a product or coaching or um, you're talking about maybe um, other cash buyers or you're talking to sellers and maybe you're just marketing. Let's use it this way. My acquisition manager. He always pulls up his cell phone whenever he's at a house and he gets a home under contract. He pulls up his cell phone. He says, Hey guys, I was able to help Tim here. Um, and the situation he's in, Tim, what was the big thing? And Tim's like, well, it was, I was, I was struggling uh, to make the payments on this and I inherited from mom. So guys, here's the thing. A lot of people don't know this, but we buy any condition of home and, um, you just do that and it's very real and it's a, it's a moving camera. It's not set on a nice tripod and it's mm. holding perfect and it's in 4K, like very real time. Those are our highest performing marketing pieces is right. when it's just real. People click on it, but when it's too perfect, we notice people don't click on it. Mm-hmm. So while we established the buyer's list, let's move into the bread and butter here now. We got to find those sellers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you have you found some strategies lately that seems to you know we're in still in this whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. I mean we got to I suppose we we need to have that on our radar as well. But is there any marketing or anything that seems to be working better than others right now for you? My two favorite is first one is that does all the heavy lifting and it's not that expensive. And you can still be doing a nine to five job, meaning you can do this part time and not have to come home and throw a ton of more time into it um, is direct mail. Now Mm -hmm. direct mail for a time, because so many people were sending direct mail, there were some areas in the, in the just United States that they saw a decrease in that response rate in that Mm -hmm. conversion rate, but it was still converting. And so a lot of people kind of pulled out of direct mail. It's kind of like, ah, it's not working like it used to do. And so they pulled out of direct mail. Mm -hmm. I stayed strong during this whole time. So I've been doing this since 2015 and we'll send out anywhere from 
five to 7,000 direct mail pieces every single week. Mm-hmm. And we've been staying true to this ever since we began. And we still are very profitable. Very, very, very profitable. Um, that's the first channel. So direct mail. And the reason I love it is it's so scalable. It doesn't require mm-hmm. people. It's something that if I want to bump it up or bump it down, it's just a click of a mouse and then send it off to the mail house and that's all they send out. It's right. very, very easy. It's very doable. But I love that it does all the heavy lifting for you. You don't have to physically pick up a phone and call people. You're just reaching out to them. And if they're interested, they're reaching back out to you. So that's my first one. Second one that we're really loving and we're really jazzed about for the last two years and has so much room for growth is just web in general. And so when I say web, there's three things behind web, PPC, SEO, and Facebook. And when all three of those are working together, we have seen huge results. The hard thing with web is yes, it's going to cost more than direct mail. Yes, it's going to cost more than cold calling, but that's our biggest ROI right now. For Utah specific, for every dollar we spend, $6 comes back. And for Texas, our Texas market, for every dollar we spend, it's $3 back. And there's a couple things behind that. Every market kind of I'd say, what's the word I'm looking for? They respond to it differently. That's the first thing. But secondly, our, our bigger team is here in Utah. So we're able to really stay up on those leads where we have a very small operation in Texas. But those two channels are my favorite. And web has so much room for growth. It mm-hmm. does take time. It does take money. So it scares a lot of people because they're like, oh man, we have to pay this fee to be managed. And then on top of it, we still have to have ad spend. And it could be two, three, four, five, but I'll tell you, when you get to six months, that's like your sweet spot. You're going to get these onesie twosies along the way. But if you'll stick it out six months, that's when you start to see this, this momentum, this traction take place. And so those are the two favorite channels that I have right now. Yeah. What, what I like, especially about what you just said there is that um, people, you, you know, we talked about it previously, you know, uh, looking down the road a little ways versus that initial cost, because that initial sticker price let's frankly admit that it does scare some people away. It'll even prevent them from sending out that first mailing because they see those, that, that bill. But when you're talking about some of those numbers, let's use those online numbers. For example, if you're spending, if you think about spending a dollar and getting six back and you do that time and time again, why wouldn't you be doing it? A hundred percent. I tell this to everyone, but because the cost up front so high, they can't ever see that. But if you said, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I told you, if you had to take two grand to a slot machine and you could put two grand into it and it was going to spit out 12 grand, would you not figure a way to go find two grand from someone and sit at that slot machine all day long? Mm-hmm. Everyone would be like, yes, that's PPC right now. That's web right, right. now. But so many people will hesitate because they're like, oh, I got to spend two grand in ad spend and then I got to spend another 1,500 or two grand for someone to manage it for me. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. but what if you could just sit at that chair and throw in that and six times return comes back? Would you not figure a way? Like this is the the survive and thrive. You want to thrive? Figure that way out. Like don't don't look at what's going out. Look at what's coming in. If you can get past that initial shock, I just think if someone knew that someone's going to give you a six times return, let's say it's only Texas, three times return. 
what person wouldn't sit down at a slot machine, put a dollar in, and every time you pull the thing, it gives you $3. I'd sit there all day long. I'd be like, cha-ching, $3. Put one in, $3. Cha-ching. Like, I do that mm-hmm. all day long. I, I think most of us would hopefully do that. But it's, I, I it's, hope. It's that initial blocker, right? You know, yeah. it's that uh, you, don't, you can't see beyond that, that first bill. Yeah. But, you know, I, I actually think the online stuff is so important that um, most of my, all of my other marketing drives to the, to the website or drives to the online marketing because um, it, we've already known that like direct mail, I don't know if you agree with this, but as far as I'm concerned, it's, you're not going to catch a ton of your initial people on that first mailing. It's that persistent, consistent getting it in their mailbox because sometimes it's going to take seven, eight touches for somebody yeah. to make that initial step towards you. Um, so even if that step is them hitting my website, uh, I just want them to get see inside me, the web, get, get them, get them as many times as possible. And through that, through that process as many times as, as, as quickly as possible. So true. Cause here's the thing. Most sales experts would agree that it's between five and 12 touches before someone says, Hey, I'm going to use this guy mm-hmm. or I'm going to use this girl. So we have to be aware of that. But everything, like you said, is a touch. You send a direct mail piece out and they can either call you or visit your website, right? Mm-hmm. Simple. When they go to your website, that acts as a touch. If they call you, that acts as a touch. When you get done with the phone call and you send a text, you're like, hey, yeah, blah, 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 blah. you set up an appointment. Then you get done. You're like an hour later. Hey, Jack, I want to thank you so much for the time we we're on the phone. I learned so much from you. I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There's another touch. Before you go out on the appointment, hey, just want to let you know, Jack, remember today's Wednesday at two o'clock. I'll see you then. That's another touch. So right. hopefully you're prepping and you're doing those five, six, seven, eight touches before you even go on that appointment so that all this rapport is being built beforehand and you just simply walk in and they're like, I have to do business with you. There's something about you that I liked this whole entire time, the contact, the touch, everything that's been in place. I, I just, you build that authority, you build that trust and you are the one that will more times than none walk out with the contract. Right. You know, I, I really like that you focused on how many, it's, it's that constant communication. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've managed to get a deal just, be, just because we're, we're constantly in communication with the potential seller, you know, yeah. whether it's sending them a quick text, just saying, hey, quick reminder, Josh is going to swing by, take your look at your house this afternoon, see you then. You know, it's, the, it's that constant regular communication because as soon as the seller doesn't feel comfortable with the process, things start to fall apart. 100% true. 100% true. Um, And that urgency, the speed of urgency, as much as the touch, um, it's that urgency. It's it's trying to get there as quick as possible as well. I think time kills all deals. I, I always talk about that. So time in between communication, time before you set the appointment. So it's like, oh yeah, I can meet in two weeks. Well, someone that's brand new would be like, okay, we'll meet in two weeks. Someone that's seasoned is going to be like, all right, guess what? I'm actually in the area today. Can I meet you at 3.30? And they go on the appointment. They get it. Time Mm -hmm. kills all deals. And so it's that sense of urgency. Here's a cool one that just barely worked out for us yesterday. Um, We now have three acquisition managers here in our Utah team. 
And our newest one that's only been with us two months, he, they're at a lunch. There's all three of our acquisition managers and my business partner. They're sitting at a lunch celebrating one of them's birthday. And a web lead came in. So from the internet, PPC mm-hmm. filled out an application and it's everything, all the, all the why, like everything that would be like, oh man, that's a, that's a great lead. We got to go on it. They wanted to sell quick. It's in poor shape. Like they mentioned everything on this, on this little web form. So one of the acquisition managers calls, no answer, sends a text, no response. The second acquisition manager calls, no answer, sends a text, no response. The third acquisition manager doesn't call, doesn't text. He finishes lunch and says, I'm going to drive over there. He drives over there. Why? Because the application is saying all the right words, like the condition, mm-hmm. the why. It's, it's already like, we got to do this. So here's what we learned from it. Urgency, urgency, urgency. We didn't wait. Everything would tell you you're justified. Like you've done everything you could. You tried calling them twice. You Mm -hmm. tried texting twice. You didn't hear back from them. So everything would say like, we're justified in saying we gave him a shot. We couldn't get it. No, he went on the appointment, our newest guy. And he puts the home under contract at 300,000. And he didn't know what he had. He's very new to this. He comes back and he tells us where it's at. And I'm like, gosh, that sounds like a great area. That's going to be a home run. It ends up being, it's going to be like a hundred to $125,000 deal. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even know, but why did he get it? Because the sense of urgency, he saw the right questions on that web form. And he said, boom, I'm getting out there. I'm not waiting for a phone call. I'm not waiting for a text. I'm just going to go out there and knock on the door. Two hours later, he gets a contract. That, that's awesome. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content. And if you found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors. tell a man what to do with his money but if you ain't investing in property then you're dumber than a dummy i'm not dumb i'm smart well buy property that's my advice